Do 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 do. Welcome back, Cop Monologuing Episode Five. We've got a, a lot to discuss tonight. So much we took. Well, this was kind of a last-minute episode because I was out of town this weekend. Um, but there happens to be a lot of news when that happens. So we're gonna run through some news uh, and get to some Oscar predictions. First off, uh, I'd like to say, Errol, you were right. I am very right. What was I right about? I mean, in this case. I mean, a lot of things, but yeah, but in this one. <laughs> you were correct about The Last Jedi. I'm not listening. I, I just, I don't want to hear any spoilers because I know Ryan's going to talk about something with The Last Jedi, so I'm going to plug my ears as he goes on a tiny little spiel about The Last Jedi. When he's done, I'm going to ask him to raise his hand, which will be really helpful for all the listeners, uh, and then I'll come back in for the next segment. Okay? A-plus podcast. Right, ready? Ready. Go! Okay, so the uh, the Star Wars uh, Spanish Twitter posted the Spanish version of Star Wars The Last Jedi title, which states Jedi in the plural sense, meaning that it is probably not the death of uh, Luke Skywalker, and so it would be Luke and Rey together. But who knows? Apparently he was training other Jedi at the same time. Maybe they're out there. Maybe they're all dead. Good questions. We'll find out. But for now we know Jedi is plural. Are I'm we raise, back? Raising my Am hand. Am I safe? Yes. Am I safe? I mean relatively. Okay, good. All right. What's up next? Next up we have a uh, new bit of uh, newcomer to the entertainment world. Well, a new old comer, something like that. Apple is not new to the entertainment world, but new to the TV business. Are they making stuff now? They are. They're, They're making, stuff. making their own TV show called Planet of the Apps. And by TV show, you mean mobile streaming? Yes. It will be available only on Apple Music for Apple Music subscribers. So uh, that's exciting if you listen to Apple Music. Yeah. So all. 20 of you out there can watch it or something there's more than 20 21 i mean i don't go into specifics but <laughs> so let's get into this uh a new tv show uh so ryan what's it yeah. about so they released the trailer for it it looks like it's going to be a kind of shark tank style tv show you know reality of people pitching app ideas to these uh in this case it's going to be for celebrity uh branding kind of people who can pick uh these the developers who are pitching their app and work with them and boost their business and then help them present it to the actual venture capitalists who will hopefully put money into the app okay uh if they win uh and get the vc funding they will also get featured in the app store and get a bunch of promoting from apple which apparently goes a very long way to actually getting your app oh, yeah. useful 100 percent. i i would kill to get our podcast as one of the feature podcasts up there um or my other podcast on set with errol koenig i take either one um that would mean to a lot of success for us but this show um has four very distinctive judges or not judges but people that are there to help out to help these um entrepreneurs tech uh, technology entrepreneurs um so 
the four of them are uh, Jessica Alba from Acting and The Honest Company fame. Yep. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Vaynerchuk? I think Vaynerchuk. Um, he is CEO of VaynerMedia. Uh, and then they also have uh, Will I Am, uh, who is known for his uh, jo- uh, singing and rapping with uh, the Black Eyed Peas. Yep. Um, and last but not least, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, who is uh, known for her acting in the uh, Iron Man movies and uh, also Goop, uh, her oh, company. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it has quite the star studded uh, yeah. people. And one of their you know, many twists, I'm sure, is that you know, it's a, in addition to the title being a pun on Planet of the Apes. Uh, mm-hmm. The initial pitch they make to uh, the celebrities is instead of an elevator pitch, it's an escalator pitch. And they're going down an escalator. They have like a minute mm-hmm. down the escalator to make their entire pitch. So it's clever. Yeah. So hopefully it works. Um, if it does, I'm excited to watch it. So, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's actually about developing apps so you don't need to worry about watching people code for an hour or whatever i mean it'll be interesting yeah hopefully but that that wouldn't yeah well you know what watching people code is really interesting have you ever seen uh, mr robot i've not yeah that's just a lot of coding (laughs) granted there's also whole spy conspiracy i mean stuff going on uh, with a dash of murder and drugs thrown in um why not I'm currently halfway through the first season. It's good. Yeah, I've heard it was very good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's Planet of the Apps. Uh. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Apple listeners. Um. So yeah. Next up, Hellboy Three. Uh. Is now Hellboy not a thing anymore? Very very sad. Uh. Hellboy Three has been in some form in the works for many years now mm-hmm. uh ever since hellboy 2 you know was released back in what 2008 you know it was mm-hmm. the hellboy movies were if not hits they were definitely cult hits and very popular uh, mm-hmm. and so the the director uh guillermo del toro uh posted on twitter the uh couple about a month ago uh, saying that he was in talks with Ron Perlman uh, to possibly make Hellboy 3 a thing after all these years, but apparently it did not work out, mm-hmm. and he has officially said that it is not ever going to be a thing. Yes, that is sad news. Um, I enjoy the first Hellboy movie a lot. And this is actually the second superhero movie that he's dropped. Because uh, he was working on this, but he was also um, going to direct Justice League Dark, which oh, yeah. I was excited for. Um, but he dropped out of that. You know what I think happened? What? I think after season one of Troll Hunters, he realizes that that is one of the greatest TV shows ever. Uh, and he's like, I'm just going to spend all my time focusing on this and Pacific Rim. This uh, is fair. Which is fair. Also, Troll Hunters, if you haven't seen it, is really good. You should watch it. Yeah. It's on, on Netflix. It's a... Uh, you want to describe it a little bit? Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's 
a show about this one kid uh, who is chosen to be the uh, troll hunter, if you will. Um, and pretty much what that means is that he has to go save the both the human world, but also the troll world from evil trolls. And It's a ridiculous, crazy, animated DreamWorks uh, show um, that's on Netflix, um, but it's done really well. It's has it, it has all the wonderful childlike wonder of an a- kids animated show, yeah. but also the story and prolonged structure that can last seasons on seasons that Guillermo del Toro was so great at mm-hmm. of build of world building of universe building. So there's so many places this show can go. Um, I'm really excited for it, but you know I'm also. Mm-hmm really biased to really anything animated um and i just love that show but that's also not what we were talking about we're talking about hellboy it's true yeah but but now speaking of other things uh or other directors that decided not to direct movies (laughs) uh matt reeves uh originally uh got very close to uh signing a deal with dc and warner brothers to direct uh, the next batman movie uh has temporarily dropped out Temporarily, um, or has dropped out. There's a chance that it might pick up a little bit later once cooler heads prevail, but probably not. As of now, it's not looking good. Gotcha. Uh, there are two other people that were in the running um, beforehand, which is Ridley Scott from uh, Alien. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, everything else. He's one of the most well-renowned directors. You know, Definitely. Of, yeah. Of ever really. Um, so he is in the running, but also, uh, another, a, a young, a, a newcomer, uh, Fede Alvarez from Don't Breathe, uh, mm. which is a thriller that came out not too long ago that did surprisingly well, uh, both critically and financially. Huh. So I think those are both decent options as, I guess, backups if that's what they're going to go with. Uh, but Ryan, do you have... Anyone else that you think might be a good option for a Batman director? I mean, Batman is beloved by many people. This is not Mm -hmm. a job people take lightly. I mean, as much as I wish we could get Christopher Nolan back, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to happen or should happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's you got to find the the directors who excel at like that dark but not too dark. It's a very fine line. Well, I I mean, I think a lot of what you're looking for in a Batman director is someone that can get, that that can direct the dark stuff. Um, But, and I I think Christopher Nolan is really one of the only directors that you can go to if you want to make a dark Batman movie. Yeah. Um, Because they tried it with Zack Snyder when Batman vs. Superman and people seem to disagree with that choice thoroughly um you know and nothing against Zack Snyder and I think visually he's a fantastic director Mm -hmm. uh story-wise and yeah some of that other stuff leaves a little bit to be desired um I would argue that the idea might not be or the best idea might not be to go into uh direct to go into a dark movie again like they have done uh, with 
the Superman, Batman versus Superman and Batman versus Superman or yeah. Man of Steel, should I say? Um, and try something different because we've seen the dark Batman, we've seen the dark Superman, and mm-hmm. recently that hasn't worked. That hasn't worked that well. I mean, if this is supposed to be the same universe, the same Batman, can they do something different without drastically changing the character? I think, realistically, you can... There, Honestly, I don't think there was enough in Batman versus Superman in terms of character development uh-huh. that there isn't somewhere... You can't take the character in a different direction. There, there wasn't enough, you know, of, of something to firmly in place that you can't change it it doesn't have to be dark on dark on dark Uh um you know like it kind of was i think what you can do because you know ben affleck is a good actor you could i I think what you should do maybe not make a light-hearted and fun batman movie in the style of adam west's batman but i would argue that you take a director like brad bird who's really good at action um, or maybe even a, a director like uh, like Tim Miller, who uh, did Deadpool, or uh, Chad uh, Astahelski and David uh, Leitch. Um, I don't or Leitch doesn't matter. I don't know his <laughs> name. Uh, they were the directors on uh, John Wick, and I th- I think that they both for some people they're really good at action. And I yeah. I would argue that you know. One thing that's so great about John Wick, granted I haven't seen either of the movies, but what I've heard is that the stories aren't the most complicated, the most, you know, crazy, mind-boggling, whatever, but they're just good, well-told, well-executed stories, and I think uh-huh. that's, that's something what... like that for Batman is, it's, it's not necessarily safe, but I think it's the right way to get the franchise back on track. Yeah. You know, just... Go in, get the job done, get a fun, entertaining Batman movie. Maybe not the best Batman movie, you know, anyone's ever seen, but just something fun. Yeah. Something that, you know, people will watch that won't disappoint people. It might not, you know, be everyone's favorite movie, but if they go in and say, hmm, that was fun, I'm excited for the next one, or whatever, I think that's probably Yeah. A, uh, they definitely need someone plot. who can do the action, because you don't go into a Batman movie not expecting there to be action yeah so i i I would hope that that's kind of the direction they take it um and i mean they they can change the character a little bit and the batman versus superman a lot of people complained about the whole batman killing everything that moved yeah um (laughs) i didn't have too much of a problem with it uh after kind of telling myself well batman doesn't care about yeah he doesn't care about human life in this movie he's just gonna take care of business mm-hmm. and once you get over that yeah for batman it's fine it's you know it just becomes you just have to accept it's like a different it's a different take on batman than what we've seen before mm-hmm. yeah or, or really in the comics it, it's a new character and i'm fine with a new character um i just think that maybe the tone something you can bring at least some maybe not comedy elements but like just a little bit more uh levity it's batman's a comic book movie comics are fun it's supposed to be enjoyable it's not supposed to feel like you know a two and a half hour schlep yeah you know maybe have some scenes during the day i don't know <laughs> um but yeah it's my my pet peeve about movies that determine to do all their filming in the darkness yeah 
granted sometimes that is a financial restriction um or just a convenience restriction when you only have someone during some hours but with batman versus superman you have enough money and enough yeah to make whatever happen uh but yeah um i think that that sums up what we think about what we should do for the or what uh, dc and warner brothers should do for the next um, batman but hopefully whoever they go with uh is a good choice yeah so i mean but both of the ones you have up here ridley scott and fede alvarez are yeah, the, two, the two they talk to i think are good strong candidates definitely um you know i think ridley scott will definitely put his own stamp on batman and i think that might not be a bad thing yeah um and uh fede alvarez probably might stick a little bit closer to what dc wants but he's a solid director he can he can do stuff yeah so i'm not complaining about that yeah so. that's what dc needs right now it's yeah. a solid movie so all right so our next bit uh is amusing slightly scary all of the above i would argue that it's horrifying American (laughs) horrifying. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're talking about American Horror Story Season 7. Yes. This, apparently, Season 7 is going to be extra American and extra horror-y because it will be about the 2016 election. Dun-dun-dun! Yes. So the the creator uh, of American Horror Story said in an interview the other day uh, that it was going, that the next season, Season 7, was going to be about the 2016 election that Donald Trump may or may not be a character. Same with uh, Hillary Clinton, that, you know, it's still going to be a, you know, a horror as, instead of just painful uh, as the actual election was. But, you know, it's interesting. It was not at all what I expected, considering they've done, like, Murder House and Coven before. 2016 election wasn't really what i thought i would argue politics is significantly scarier than any of those other things (laughs) i mean yes but usually you combine it with like the purge election year thing you know are you referring to what donald trump has done to the swamp uh in our current (laughs) that's that's that that's the end of my political humor because i don't know anything about politics all right. <laughs> well, um, so next up, uh, let's get into a little bit of casting news for some TV shows we're really excited about. Uh, first up, uh, Inhumans. Yeah. Which, that's coming out next year, uh, partnership with IMAX. So the first uh, episode, or first two episodes, first hour of the show is going to be shown on IMAX, on an IMAX screen with all the effects and cool stuff and they get extra yes. money and it's going to be really cool. We finally get to see the Royal family uh, of humans on screen. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited for that. So hold on, just back up here is Royal fam- family. Is that a storyline? Is that characters? Is that both? Well, the or? Royal family of inhumans mm-hmm. is, I guess, kind of the, the leader group of all the inhumans uh-huh. uh, led by black bolt and Medusa. They're the, king and queen i say as i do air quotes um but they, they're pretty much like the people in charge of the inhumans they make sure everything i guess runs smoothly uh-huh um make sure that it doesn't get out of hand you know with humans and inhumans uh however 
Uh, they have casted their first cast member. Ooh. Uh, they cast Maximus the Mad. It's a great name. It is a great name. And in that role is Ewan Rayon. And if I said that wrong, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I am so excited yes. for this casting news. Um, you might know uh, Ewan for his role as Ramsay Bolton in Game of Thrones. It's, it's great, I think, casting-wise. Like... So, in Game of Thrones, I think I have never hated a character more than I hated Ramsay Bolton. <laughs> and it just, like, you know, Game of Thrones spoilers. Um, I don't know if you're caught up, Ryan, so cover your ears if, if you it's, need to. It's too late. Okay, you, t- I, you know, it's been long enough. Everyone's probably probably already been spoiled, so earmuffs for a half a second. But, you know, when Ramsay Bolton was killed uh-huh. uh, in the Battle of the Bastards, that was one of the most satisfying TV moments. However, that moment would not be nearly as satisfying if all of the stuff that he did as the character, uh-huh. um, that Ewan did as the character, felt... If, if all the stuff that he did to the character that made the character so realized, so evil, so despicable... Mm-hmm. If he didn't do all of that, that moment wouldn't have felt nearly as yeah. satisfying. It wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have been as enjoyable. Um, and as a madman or a mad inhuman, <laughs> um, I think that's. I'm just so excited to watch him do more stuff. Right. It's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fantastic. Yeah. So, more casting news. There is going to be another uh, Fox Marvel TV show that we are learning about now, which I might have actually been in uh, in the works for a while. But we have just heard about it now. It's a new Fox uh, Marvel mutant project. Yeah. Uh, and they casted Jamie Chung as Blink. Um, now, I don't know much about Blink, the character. However, I do know a little bit about Jamie Chung. Uh, and that she's done a, a bunch of things before she, uh, or especially like superhero related. She was in yeah. Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. She's, she's bounced around. She's, she's gotten plenty of work as an actress. And I think yeah, it'll be interesting to watch her as Blink. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen in the TV show, but. I mean, Blink's a great character. She seems like uh, she's got the experience uh, to be a good actress for it. Yeah. So. I mean, the the point of the TV show is that a family learns that their kid is a mutant. Uh-huh. And they have to deal with how society reacts to that. Um, and I think uh-huh. that's kind of really important in today's climate with so many other parallels you can draw. Draw what you will, but I think it's... Yeah. It's really interesting to, to see how... Or, I'm really interested in seeing how that will play out on the TV show. Oh, definitely. And I think Jamie Chung is a great actress, and I'm excited to see her performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, next up, uh, I was lucky enough to uh, go to NBA All-Star Weekend uh, this past weekend. Um, in case you were wondering, yes, it was awesome. Um, but while this podcast isn't necessarily a sports podcast, we had some pop culture news that unfurled, um, starting with the Celebrity Game. Yeah. Uh, so the celebrity game each year they have a bunch of famous people come out uh, and play basketball um, before really anything else starts. <laughs> I mean it's a pretty simple concept. Uh, these people are known not for their basketball skills, but for their skills either acting or singing or in the case of uh, 
this year's MVP, uh, BDOT, uh, as making vine impressions of other basketball players. <laughs> um, so this is not this is not for watching good basketball. This yeah, is for it, watching. It's for watching, you know, just f- celebrities make fools, of, fools themselves. of themselves. Yeah. I mean, in previous years, Kevin Hart has been in it. He's been fantastic. Uh, just hilarious, messing with the refs, messing with everyone. <laughs> he was not in it this year, but this year still had a pretty decent lineup of famous people. Um, a couple highlights. Um, Anthony Mackie, Falcon. Uh, yeah. Uh, while he does swoosh with his wings in the Marvel movies, uh, <laughs> his jump shot does not necessarily do the same. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, Ansel Elgort from The Fault in Our Stars and also the... Uh, Movies with Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller that I'm forgetting the name and apparently Diver Divergent yes yeah uh, but you know those movies have fizzled out as the final installment of that series is directed TV instead of empty is it really yeah oh my god it, it took a turn yeah <laughs> um but uh, Ansel Elgort was in that um he's surprisingly good um, like I mentioned B Dot who actually has a really funny uh, Instagram account where he just makes fun of basketball players yeah um former d-league player so he got some moves um and in the game he hit some threes and made fun of some player i don't know it was, it was all in good fun um yeah if you're a fan of arcade fire um their lead singer uh was a dominant dominant force in the post um <laughs> which is basketball terms for they got the ball near the basket and no one could stop them when they shot it pretty much it sounds like a that good was mainly thing. for ryan Yes, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know, it was it was just fun. Uh, Nick Cannon uh, showed came to play, um, mm-hmm. and he tried his very best. Um, <laughs> Mark Cuban, uh, owner of the uh, Mavs, uh-huh. <coughs> excuse me, Mark Cuban, owner of the Mavs, he came. Uh, he was he gave a hundred and ten percent. But also, there's a reason he's an owner and not a player. <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. Uh, yeah, so there was a couple other players that I'm sure I'm forgetting. Or Master P was in it. Mm. Uh, not so Lil Romeo was in it. Um, <laughs> I don't know, it was fun. Uh, a couple WNBA players are in it, which I'm not really sure why they're in the celebrity game. But I guess they... So there's at least someone who knows what they're there doing. There should be some female presence in, the, in All-Star <laughs> Weekend. I don't know, it was fun. Candace Parker was in it. Um uh, she was yeah. good. Um, so after that, a couple more things. Um, there were a couple musical performances. Uh, two on a Saturday night. Um, DJ Khaled and DNCE performed nice. separately, not together. Um, <laughs> I think for DJ Khaled's sake. Uh, well, actually, for DNCE's sake, that was probably better. For DJ Khaled's sake, he could have used a little bit of help. <laughs> I mean, DJ Khaled is a entertaining guy to watch, uh-huh. especially on Snapchat. Uh, however, his skills are best used producing others' music, not being a hype man on stage for music that a DJ is playing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't have anything against DJ Khaled. I mean, he knows his keys to success, and he's playing at the at All-Star Saturday Night, so that was great it's for pretty him. good, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Performance could have been better. <laughs> During the All-Star game... Well, actually, let's finish with Saturday night before I go to the performances. Yes. And, uh, on, on, during that happened during the All-Star game. Uh, it was also the night of the slam dunk competition. 
I don't need to go into details about the slam dunk competition, but let's just say this year was nowhere as good as previous years. Aw. Um, which, mm, it sucks, but, you know, it's Is there happens. a particular reason why? It's just, one, the dunks weren't as good. Mm-hmm. Two, um, people miss their dunks. Come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, they give them three shots, but they're doing kind of hard dunks, and if you miss you know, your three attempts, then... You're out of the com- you're out of the competition, or at least you get a lower score for that round. Yeah, and that happened in uh, both the um, uh, bo- both the first round where uh, Aaron Gordon, the heavy favorite to win it all, uh-huh. who you know was incredible in the slam dunk competition last year, he missed one of his dunks, so he was knocked out like right away. Uh-huh. and then in the finals, mm-hmm. going between uh, the final two people. Uh, Missed a dunk, Glenn Robinson the third, I think was his name. I'm free. I'm blanking. <laughs> um, yeah, Glenn Robinson the third. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Derek Jones missed his, uh, thing, but. Uh, but yeah, um. So, not as exciting. Not that exciting. The one thing I do, however, have to say was just one of my favorite moments of Saturday night. Aaron Gordon's first dunk, uh-huh. he brought out a drone. He brought out a drone? He brought out an Intel drone <laughs> uh, that he pretended to fly over the court. It was actually a guy on the side of side uh, of the court okay. operating, you know. It's not, it's not like Aaron Gordon has time to learn how to fly a drone, Pre- like precisely in an extremely crowded venue. It makes... It's fair. Don't give it to him to fly. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. I'm not going to fault him for that, but... Uh, the reason why I like this so much is because the drone wasn't just a drone that flew on it. It also had on the Jumbotron, like a little Intel ad. I was like, this is an Intel drone flying. I was like, hmm. Intel, I'm pretty sure, paid Aaron Gordon or the NBA like a decent amount of money to showcase their drone in the slam yeah. dunk competition. <laughs> and just that level of commercialism and... It just warms my heart. It warms my heart that uh, companies can do that. And uh, I enjoyed it after he finally made it on his third attempt. Um, <laughs> technically fourth attempt. Wow. But, you know, it was, yeah, not the greatest slam dunk competition, but great product placement by Intel. So Yes. Um, no. So moving on to uh, the Sunday night performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, they had the Roots opening the game, and uh, John Legend playing the halftime show. Nice. John Legend at the halftime show was John Legend. He was a legend. I wouldn't say he was a legend. He was John Legend. He was good. He did John Legend things. Gave a good John Legend performance. Fun fact, uh, mini foreshadowing. He performed one of the songs uh, from La La Land. The song he performed ah. in the movie, uh, that was the song he opened his halftime performance to. Um, great song. I would argue that they probably mixed the uh, brass section a little too quiet in the performance, but yeah, I'm not going to complain um, too much about that. Uh, but yeah, it was a good John Legend performance. But I think probably the best part of the night, the Roots opening the show, uh-huh. they gave what I guess they called... Um, what they were calling it, the evolution of greatness. Which nice. I guess is kind of setting the bar a little bit high, but yeah. 
I think they met it, you know, mm-hmm. exceedingly well. Uh, so pretty much what they did is the Ruth came out. They started with like a drum off between, uh, between Questlove uh, and Frankie Knuckles, just going back and forth between the set and the bongos. With <laughs> it, it was, yeah. You know, as a drummer myself, it, it I enjoyed it. It was fun. <laughs> Uh-huh. But then they started going, you know, through the different eras for both basketball, um, but also just society, starting with the 60s. But in the 60s, in, intertwined with uh, with uh, Tariq, um, also known as Black Thoughts, you know, rapping or, you know, yeah, poetry or whatever you want to call it about what was going on. They brought in a couple other people to, you know, put in a couple bars. They first brought out uh, Jadenia or Jadena. Uh, I haven't heard of him before, um, but for the 60s, you know, he gave his thing. Nice. But when it really started to pick up, in the 70s, they brought out David Diggs, best known for his, uh, you know, performance in Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, as Jefferson and Lafayette, I believe. Yes. Uh, and David Diggs knows how to perform. No kidding. Yeah, he just came out and just kind of... <laughs> Kind of ruled the the stage for a little while. Following him, not to be outdone, Daryl DMC McDaniels came out <laughs> and wow. he, he he did his thing. Um, but like, still, while all this going on, the Roots is just playing music that fits the time. Fits. It was just an amazing piece of performance art. Uh, but DMC was there for the '80s. Uh, for the 90s, they brought out DJ Jazzy Jeff, their frequent collaborator. Uh, nice. And then for the 2000s, they brought out Michael B. Jordan, who apparently does music now. But, you know, <laughs> why not? I ain't complaining. Michael B. Jordan's great. Yeah. I love him. Uh, so uh, it was just it was just such a fun, fun performance. Uh-huh. Uh, I really liked it. it. It was unlike any other, you know performance i've seen at a sporting event before yeah and it was just a really great way of also introducing the players because after they did all of this they just started going through all the you know all the current all-stars and mm-hmm. it was just i was on my feet for the whole time <laughs> i was it, it wow. was one of the greatest things that great greatest musical performances i've seen in person so that was great sounds really cool um yeah so then one last thing, piece of news to talk about. Uh, pretty big news. The Grammys happened. They did. Um, a so. week and a half ago, um, after we recorded our yeah. last podcast. Yes. Um, and apparently some stuff happened. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of people who were not particularly happy. Uh, I don't follow music that closely, but even in my non-music bubble, I heard a lot about... Uh, people complaining mm-hmm. about the grammys you know uh most notably adele won album of the year the mm-hmm. you know big uh award of the night and spent most of her speech saying that it really should have gone to beyonce for her album lemonade which mm-hmm. i think is a general consensus of everybody ever that it probably should have gone to beyonce well i think the consensus wasn't necessarily that the award should have gone to beyonce because i thought Adele's Twenty Five was a good was a good album, and I can it see was. why people might prefer that over you know Lemonade. I mean, I think Lemonade probably was better. It probably should have won, but mm. I could see why you know Twenty Five yeah. was in there. 
I think what the consensus is is that Beyonce is the greatest human alive and that she's deserving of winning everything that comes to her. I mean... Give or take. Yeah, sounds about right. And if that's me over-inflating my, my love for Beyonce, then, you know... It's care. it's no different than what you know most people think anyway. So yeah, I mean, I think the only person I love more than I love Beyonce is probably Tom Brady. Not saying something. Not your best friend Will Smith. I mean, I also love Will Smith, but it's you know, he's your best friend. He is my best friend, but the thing is, I don't consider my friends the greatest people of all time. Ouch. Yeah, sorry, Ryan. Because <laughs> like of all of the people that I like, I personally know, I consider me the greatest person of all time. True. And, like, that's just not me being narcissistic. Oh, wait, no, it is me being narcissistic. <laughs> um, Definition but, of narcissism. Continue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was just... I like Beyonce. It's pretty it's pretty much the point of what I was going for there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, it, it was interesting. A lot of stuff happened where, uh, you know, and not just this year, but in previous years where uh, a white act or a white singer got an award when where an equally deserving or even more so deserving uh singer uh songwriter uh, uh that was of a different you know race color mm-hmm. whatever was not rewarded um this was just one of the biggest ones and especially because adele in her speech said that beyonce should have won it that it kind of made this stand out more yeah um i guess on the other hand chance the rapper uh did win for best new artist sure. uh he is African-American, um, and that's, I believe, the first African-American artist to win this in quite some time. Um, so, you know, not everything is going mm-hmm. backwards. Um, but, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, also there's a bunch of really great performances during the Grammys. Absolutely. Uh, as there always is, you know, Beyonce, Adele, Chance the Rapper, but they are yeah. also tributes to all of the recent yeah. past... You was know, it Prince was Tribe had a Michael. really good one that I've heard of? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Quest called Tribe. Or Tribe called Quest. There we go. Tribe called Quest. Is that, that it? Yeah. Tribe called Quest, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they, they gave a really good, really potent performance given the current political climate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, Ryan, mm-hmm. speaking of award shows, hey, uh, there is a big one coming up. You might have weekend. heard of it. Yeah, you might have. I don't know. Um, have you... The... Uh, uh, Academy Awards uh, or the Oscars? Oscars. Something like that. Something like that, you know. Yeah. It's the one with like the the gold statue, right? Right. They all have gold statues. Dang it. Well, actually not all of them. Some of them have just like a shiny plastic one cuz they don't have enough money to afford a real gold one. Well, there's your problem. That, yeah. Well, this one is gold uh, cuz it's the Oscars and it's the big one for movies. Uh, bigger than the Golden Globes, bigger than the, the other plastic ones. Globes. I mean, really, really, Golden Globes are the the only other. They're the they're the second one, but yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's coming up. So we got some uh, last predictions, last minute predictions before. We're, yep. We're just gonna run through all twenty four categories. Um, neither of us really knowing what we're talking about. Um, I have seen all of the Best Picture nominees. Uh-huh. Uh, however, I am a little bit behind on some of the other so some of the other categories. Yeah. In which case, you will be just randomly guessing. Yeah, exactly. So, let's just move down the list. Actually, let's move up the list and end with Best Picture. All right. So, starting off with production design. 
rival Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Hail Caesar, La La Land, and Passengers. Ryan, who you got? So, as much as I wish I could vote for Fantastic Beasts, I think La La Land's going to win this one. Because it's La La Land, and I'm not entirely sure what production design entails, but like... Well, production design is kind of what the world looks like around the characters, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I would agree, La La Land's probably going to win. And the reason why is because on top of just the world of Los Angeles that they've built, Mm -hmm. they've also, with this, you know, uh, the, the style that they were going with just kind of built this whole nother crazy yeah you know thing a whole, a whole nother crazy thing on top of that um like when they were flying around the planetarium they were um mm-hmm. you know the, the scene at the end where they were you know flashing through time yeah that was... uh, yeah it was a bunch of crazy things like that um and also being able to do it all you know where they could give a musical performance um I would I will I'm giving it to uh La La Land. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Visual effects. Who you got? There's a lot of good ones in this category, but yes. I think Kubo and the Two Strings is gonna Given win this to out. Kubo, really? So yes. it, it's between Deepwater Horizon, Doctor Strange, the Jungle Book, Kubo and the Two Strings, and Rogue One. Yeah. A Star Wars story. I was deciding between Jungle Book and Kubo, but I think Kubo's gonna win. I think that it would be cool if Kubo won just because it's an animated film. It's a stop-motion animated film. Uh-huh. And, yes, the visual effects were amazing. However, I think one of the one of my favorite my, my favorite movie of last year mm-hmm. um, had just a ridiculous amount of visual effects, and that's The Jungle Book. Yeah. Literally everything except for the boy was CGI. Mm-hmm. Everything, all the animals, all the trees, all the. Well, I mean, it's really just animals, trees, and a boy. It's there's not yeah. that much. There's some stuff in the monkey, monkey palace. Yeah. Um, but just the, it looked so real and it was so lifelike and it looked like a forest. It did. Sometimes when they make CGI worlds, it looks like it's a video game. Mm-hmm. This one didn't. This one looked, you know almost seamless wow um you know which is why in my opinion i'm going to give it to jungle book you know you could argue for Deepwater horizon they have some nice explosions for doctor strange they deal with the whole idea of magic and universes and stuff and they fly through that and i think the doctor strange does have some great moments um and star wars you know reanimated a dead guy yeah Pretty much. I'll, I'll um, give them credit. Uh, but I think Jungle Book, just the amount that they did and just how well they did all of it, I, I'm giving it to them. Okay. Okay, film editing. Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, La La Land, or Moonlight. Okay. I don't know. This one, I've seen, you know, I saw La La Land and I saw Arrival. Neither of them were like editing heavy i mean they were editing heavy neither none of them like struck me as good editing notice the editing yeah which i guess is the mark of good editing i guess Mm -hmm. yeah that's fair um so if you had to guess which one you're gonna put down Mm, on no basis whatsoever i think a rival at least from what i've seen 
I am going to go. I'm also kind of taking a shot in the dark. I mean, I have seen these films. Um, there's some great stuff. There's some... I don't know. I, with, with editing, the thing that I really look for is the pacing of the film. Uh-huh. Do I get bored at what's going on on the screen? Do I get, you know... Do I feel like what's going on is choppy? Do I feel... There, there's a whole bunch, bunch, bunch of things that I think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main thing is the pacing. Okay. Um... And, well, actually, there's two things. Pacing, and if there's any moments that I just really enjoyed that I feel like cut off at the right place, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, Moonlight had one of those moments that I felt like cut off at the perfect moment mm-hmm. at the end of the first third of the movie. Um, yeah. I just, that last scene just, I thought was probably the best scene of this year. Uh-huh. Um, it was just so heartbreaking, but also I felt like they did it in such a way where like they could have extended the scene, they could have prolonged it, um, they could have explained more, could have done whatever, and they just were like, you know what, we're going to end it here. Yeah. They can infer what they want, but this is just the perfect little nugget of the scene that we need, and then we're going to move on. Yep. And for that reason, um, I think I'm going to give it to Moonlight. Mm-hmm. I also will, you know, I'm also thinking La La Land is also in there just because of all of the ADR um, and matching the singing to yeah to dialogue, which is something that, you know. Takes a fair amount of editing. Takes a fair amount of editing, fair, fair amount of things, which is why La La Land, hmm, I think the odds are La La Land's going to take it, but hmm. I'm going to go with Moonlight. Why not? Okay. I can be wrong. <laughs> Um, then, no, you have to be perfect. That's true. I am perfect. Just maybe not about my predictions. Okay, cinematography. Yeah. Uh, Arrival, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, and... Silence. In case you couldn't the, tell. That ruined the... Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> so, of the ones that you have seen, which, uh, which one, I guess, you thought had the best cinematography? I'm going to go with Arrival again. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because you know, as kind of for the same reasons, I guess for the editing, you know, as the film goes on, mm-hmm. time kind of breaks down, and it's very, it's highly edited, but it's also like bringing the audience along and building the final mm-hmm. blocks, you know, so it all makes sense, and I think it's done very well, and that's kind of an editing cinematography sort of thing that mm-hmm. uh, I think they nailed. I would say, for cinematography, at least for me, is one of the things that, if I notice it, and this isn't the case for everyone, if I notice it, then either something has gone wrong or something has gone really right. Uh-huh. I think of these movies, there wasn't any like moment that was that stuck out for me mm-hmm. uh, in terms of cinematography. Um, I thought they all were good. I all enjoyed them, or I enjoyed all of them. Actually, I haven't seen Silence, so I can't comment about that. Um, I don't yeah. think it's going to win. Uh, so my guess, because I'm playing the odds here, is La La Land. Yeah. Um, when in doubt, pick La La Land. Exactly. All right. Uh, adapted screenplay. Arrival, Fences, Hidden Figures, Lion, and Moonlight. Who you got? Honestly, I feel like... It's such a toss-up. All of these are very good. 
I mean, I think, yeah, all of them are nominated for Best Picture, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I picked Hidden Figures. Uh, okay. But that's because I'm also kind of biased towards Hidden Figures. That I think, was a very Ryan movie. Yes. I think uh, Fences would also do pretty well, but, like, Lion and Moonlight are also good. Mm-hmm. As much as I wish Arrival would win, I don't think it's going to, uh, just because the others are even better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my guess, well, I'm going to kind of rule out a couple. I'm ruling out Fences in our other Oscar podcast. I talked about why I questioned why Fences would get nominated for Best Adaptive Screenplay. Because, uh-huh. frankly, the whole thing was already there yeah he didn't have to work on the dialogue he had to do a little bit of stage directions but you know or stage actions but yeah. you know also a lot of that was already done would... on screen you just have to figure out how to make it work for a camera yeah it was shot like a play too like it yeah. wasn't I, I mean and not saying that's easy by any stretch no i i think that it probably was deserving and it's done really well the screenplay is great but because i think it's just easier to easier in comparison not easy easier to do that from a play i'm not giving it defenses okay um and then with screenplay just which one was just in terms of adaptation which one i think was a good adaptation of the source material uh-huh i mean i really liked hidden figures i thought that was a good ad- adaptation of the book you know they took a histor- historical you know nonfiction event and made it into a compelling movie Yep. Arrival, I don't know what the source material was. It was a short story that I think... Okay. Oh, that's right, that's right. Um, Lion, I know that was also taken from, I think, someone's memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, or Saru's memoir, if I'm not mistaken. Um, who's the main mm-hmm. character of Lion? Yeah. Uh, and Moonlight, I also... I think it might be a short or something that was... I forget what Moonlight was based off of, but... yeah. This one's kind of just taking a shot in the dark. People really seem to like Moonlight. I really love Lion. Mm-hmm. Hidden Figures, I think... I it's it's between those three. Hidden Figures, Lion, and Moonlight. I think, you know, if Moonlight's not going to win Best Picture over La La Land, I think it could probably win Best Adapted Screenplay. I think this is definitely somewhere where Moonlight could, could make a stand. They're not a stand, but it, it could step up. I would... I mean, my favorite of these movies are Moon, or is a lion, but... Uh-huh. I shouldn't let my biases conflict with my picks, because I need, I need to tell you guys the right answers, and <laughs> I'm going to go with Moonlight. All right. I think just a little bit over Hidden Figures and that a little bit over Lion. But Moonlight. Yep. Okay, so the other screenplay, original screenplay. You got Hell or High Water, uh, La La Land, The Lobster, Manchester by the Sea, and 20th Century Woman. So, I feel like La La Land's going to win this. Uh, Manchester by the Sea might make a stand, but it, it might I think. might make some noise, or make, might make some, some waves, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a joke I could also make for Hell or High Water. True. Um, and frankly, the, the lobster, lobster too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you know, whatever. Uh, I think you're probably right. Blah blah. I think he's gonna take it. 
Um, I thought Hell or High Water was a really cool invent or inventive heist, modern day heist movie. Uh-huh. Um, I liked it a lot. Manchester by the Sea, um, really sad. And yeah. I would argue it's too sad to win best screenplay. I don't know. I wouldn't vote for it. 20th Century Woman. I haven't seen it. Uh, I want to. I've heard it was entertaining, but I haven't gotten there. Uh-huh. Um, and The Lobster. I saw it. It is unlike anything I've seen before. Mm-hmm. It is extremely inventive, and I hated every second of it. Nice. Um, <laughs> I am sure people disagree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's sure nominated some... for an Oscar. I'm sure yeah, plenty of people I mean, disagree it, with you. It, people, you know, it has a 91, I believe, on Rotten Tomatoes. But it's just, uh, I I didn't really get it. You know, mm-hmm. all the appeals from that movie didn't, I don't know. Well, it wasn't my kind of thing. Yeah. Too weird for me. Um. So, yeah. La La Land it is. Sound mixing. Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, Arrival. Rogue One. A Star Wars Story. 13 Hours. And La La Land. Do we need to say is La La Land again? It's, it's probably La La it's Land. It's probably La La Land. You know, the, the musical. Yeah. Win this. yeah yeah i mean just looking at arrival hacksaw rig uh ridge um rogue one those movies are all you know actiony or arrival not really action yeah has some of those action sound effects yeah that i think is tough to mix um but i think just music musical mixing it's it's all about the mix yeah versus rogue one where it's just a couple scenes with big explosions where they need to figure out the right way to get the balance follow land uh okay yep sound editing arrival deepwater horizon hacksaw ridge sully and the winner Guava land i just keep moving yep original song audition Guava land can't stop the feeling trolls city of stars Guava land the empty chair jim the James Foley story, and how far I'll go, Moana. Ryan, who do you got? Uh, which of the La La, La La Land ones do you think is going to win? Uh, City of Stars. Really? I, I went for audition. Really? Why? Yeah. I don't know. That one uh, stuck in my head a little more. So. I did, that, which one was audition? Audition was the one with... Uh... Where they're auditioning. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> that helps. No, that, that was the one uh, towards the end of the movie when... Uh, yeah, when she's, like, standing in front of the people who want her and to... And she kind of s- sings her stuff. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't remember how Audition goes, mm-hmm. but I do remember how City of Stars goes. I'm the opposite. I really? can't remember where... Where in the movie was City of Stars? And kind of everywhere. Oh, that's kind of like the piano riff they kept on playing, but then also, you know, oh, okay. And then that's the thing they kept on going back to, which is why I would say that. Oh, yeah, then that would probably win. It's the whole one that goes City of Stars a bunch. I don't know. Whatever. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, so that's the one that's probably going to win. Yeah. Or that, that's my guess. Um, however, this is a really interesting category because these people are probably going to be performing. And yeah. I am looking forward to seeing Justin Timberlake perform Can't Stop the Feeling. Because <laughs> I like me some Justin Timberlake. Um, yeah. And also, uh, How Far I'll Go. That should be fun to watch. Uh, but also, 
kind of important in term for uh, uh, the, the the song is kind of important uh, in terms of EGOT standings. Oh yeah, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony uh, for Lin Manuel Miranda, who if he wins this will be the youngest person ever to get an EGOT, one year mm-hmm. younger than Bobby Lopez, who did Frozen, Book of Mormon, uh, the the for the Emmys. They got Wonder Pets, oh. um, <laughs> and Grammys is one of those three translated to a Grammy. Yeah, um, yeah. So probably not going to win. Sorry, Lynn. Uh, I, I was pulling for you until La La Land, you know, kind of became the mm-hmm. everyone's favorite. Original score, Jackie, by Mikachu. Which I am saying wrong, but it's fun to say it like that because it sounds like Pikachu. <laughs> uh, La La Land by Justin Hurwitz. Lion by Dustin O'Halloran. Haushka. Moonlight by Nicholas Brittell. Brittell. Mm-hmm. Passengers by Thomas Newman. I'm going to take a stab in the dark here that La La Land's going to win this. What? I know. The original Shocker. score, La La Land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you're probably right. Um, I do think that. Uh, just thinking back to it, I don't entirely remember how the score of Lion went, but I remember being moved by it. Uh huh. Um, but it's La La Land, so that's yeah. Okay, time to get to some of the categories that La La Land will not win. <laughs> um, animated short, which I have seen most of these, not all. Yeah. Um, but it's Blind uh, Vaisha, Borrowed Time, Pearl Cider and Cigarettes, Pearl and Piper. So the two I haven't seen are Blind Vaisha and Pearl Cider and Cigarettes. Pear Cider. Pear Cider, that's what I meant. Parasiter and cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to rule them out just because I haven't seen them. Um, then we have Borrowed Time, mm-hmm. which is, uh, as I mentioned on the last podcast, former Pixar animators, uh, gritty Western short. Yeah. Really good. Piper, Pixar short. Really good. Yep. You know, cute, but also, you know, heartwarming. I may or may not have begun to tear up after that thick couple minute short. I mean, it's not good. important. It's not important. <laughs> I don't, but you know, it's, I yeah. liked it. Uh, and then last, which, uh, is Pearl, which is the first 360 virtual reality. Yeah. Uh, short to ever get nominated, which is wow. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so Ryan, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Piper because Pixar is, you know, has an unbeatable record in this department. And I think nailed well, it again. Fun fact. Yeah. Pixbar in the animated short department, not that unbeatable. Really? Yeah, it's been uh I, I forget the exact statistics, but it's been a while since they since they got huh. you know, best animated short. Um, you know, 'cause sure. you know, two years ago Feast got it mm-hmm. over um other ones. I don't know, it's there 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 are good Pixar ones, but they did not get it. Um, I think Piper is probably going to win it. I think the animation on that is just pretty close yeah. to flawless. Yeah, it was um, great. You know, Pixar's great. 
Uh, granted, I haven't seen uh, Blind Vaisha and Parasiter and Cigarettes, which might have a different, possibly more difficult style of animation, whether it be stop motion or claymation or yeah, God knows what. But you know, Piper, I think just executed extremely well. Definitely. I mean, if Borrow Time won, I would actually be kind of happy because they're definitely the underdog, but they're. But it'd be cool to see them win. Yeah, I ain't complaining. If it, um, so yeah. Uh, now to uh, live action short. You haven't seen any of these, right? I have not. Neither have I. Uh, so we have Eminus Interius, La Femme et le Tigve. That's T G V. That I pronounce as <laughs> one word because I felt like it. Silent Nights, Sing, and Time Code. You got Ryan. I, I drew a little shrug next to this one because I know nothing about any of these. Okay. So he got. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. We're going to go with Silent Nights. Silent Nights? Really? Yeah. Did not see that coming. <laughs> I'm going to go with Sing because that was also an animated movie that came out this year. Oh. Uh, not saying that I necessarily love the animated yeah. movie. I mean, I enjoyed it, but. I'm imagining that the animated movie was slightly different than this live-action short. Probably? I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd guess that, but you never Probably. know. I mean, unless this live-action short includes talking animals. Sorry, singing animals. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure it does, right? I mean, I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so now on to documentary short, which I think we know even less about. Yes. Uh, I drew an even bigger shrug on this one. Yeah. So we got 4.1 Miles, Extremis, Joe's Violin, uh, Watani, My Homeland, The White Helmets, or and The White Helmets. That was the last one. Is The White Helmets about stormtroopers? I sure hope so. All right. I'm going to go I with The White it. Helmets. I doubt it, but I'll go with you too. Why not? Sure. That's the worst that can happen. Uh, documentary feature. I know a little bit about these, but I haven't seen any of them yeah i at least know these titles yes so we got fire at sea i am not your negro uh life animated oj made in america and 13th yeah so ryan who you got i think i'm gonna go with 13th because that's the ava duvernay produced maybe directed uh about i believe slavery it was slavery and then um uh incarceration yeah that's right that's right that's yeah um i think that that is that's a decent option however from what i've heard Uh oj made in america Ah. is gonna win uh i have i've listened to a couple other podcasts go into you know what they thought were the best movies of the year and they think if this movie would have been considered for best picture. Uh-huh. They probably would have given it to that, given it to OJ Made in America. Really? Uh, they really loved OJ Made in America. Granted, it is like a 10 hour or eight hour long schlep of a, of a thing. Yeah. So I want to get to it and I kind of feel obligated to, but you know, it's mm-hmm. so long. I just don't have the time for it. Um, but I think that's going to, going to take it. Yeah. Ezra right. Edelman, I think, uh, Ezra Edelman written, Directed it, so there we go. All right, foreign language film. We have Land of Mine, A Man Called Ove, 
the salesman Tana and Tony Erdman from Denmark, Sweden, Iran, Australia, and Germany, respectively. Yeah. Who you got? Uh, doobie doobie tweeny meeny miny salesman. I am also not really familiar with that many of these. However, the one I'm going to guess mm-hmm. is Tony Erdman. My reasoning behind that is because of these five films, the only one that they are making into in an English version is Tony Erdman, so that means it has to be good. Ah, See, I picked Salesman just because I think it would be cool if I ran one. That too. Interesting yeah. point. It would be. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Also, Tony, er- Tony Erdman... Here's some kind of late news. Jack Nicholson coming back. He's acting again. Ooh. Yeah, so he's going to be in Tony Erdman in the English version. Cool. Now on to my favorite category, animated feature. Yeah. Yeah, so we got Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life as a Zucchini, The Red Turtle, and Zootopia. While this is my favorite category, I am sad to say I still haven't seen My Life as a Zucchini and The Red Turtle. It hurts me. I really I need to. You would make such those. a good zucchini. I, I would. I would make the best zucchini. But, you know, it's it happens. I'm going to try my very hardest to get to it before Sunday. Uh-huh. So I can, you know, make my decision a little bit more informed by then. However, I'm still going to pick Zootopia regardless of what happens. Yeah. Zootopia, I think, is going to win this. Yeah. It's just, it's the type of movie that crosses all the boxes of... Mm-hmm what an oscar movie should be it covers you know social issues uh, but makes it accessible for a kid the animation is entertaining the yeah. yeah it just does what it needs to i think the animation of zucchini and red turtle might be a little bit more inventive but zootopia yeah. as far as story goes yeah probably takes it it was powerful it was popular it was yeah. everything it should have been yeah and the reason why i would ar- argue that it's definitely not kubo or moana uh-huh those movies are practically the same thing. Yeah. Practically the same thing. Uh, you know, it's they're both adventure stories where they have this one, you know, this one kid who has a magic power-ish thing. Like Kubo mm-hmm. controls paper, Moana controls water. You know, they it's both about family. It's, you know. Yeah. About mythic or ancient histories of their respective... Uh, Cultures. Cultures, traditions. Next up, makeup and hairstyling. We have A Man Called Ove, Star Trek Beyond, and the greatest movie of all time, I say biasedly, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, for new, no reason other than I want to, I'm going to say Suicide Squad. <laughs> I'm going to go against you and say Star Trek Beyond. Okay, that's fine. You can, I, I will have a brief uh, silent treatment on you after this <laughs> podcast, uh, but then I will, probably at some point mid-tomorrow, like, I'll begin talking to you again. Okay. Just heads up. It's fair. If it seems weird, it is. <laughs> okay, costume design. We have Allied. We have Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. We have Florence Foster Jenkins. We have Jackie, and we have... what. What was his last one? Uh, you might have heard of it. It's like La La, La Land. La, La, 
Oh, La La Land. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of L's. I know it's hard to say. Who you got? Uh, I don't know on this one, actually. You know, it was not particularly... Like, I don't understand why La La Land, La La Land was really nominated for this. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like it was people wearing normal clothes, costume-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, Except some of them have tapping abilities. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the only other one of these I saw was Fantastic Beasts, which, you know, in the 20s, it's, you gotta make, you know, find period uh, mm-hmm. period costumes, then make wizards wearing wizard versions of period costumes, which is kind of fun. So I went with that one just because it's the only other option I could kind of think of. Uh, I had similar thinking to you, mm-hmm. um, except I have seen uh, at least the costumes for Allied and Jackie and Forrest Foster Jenkins as well. Uh-huh. I think they do definitely fit like the time periods that they were made. However, I, I'm never good at predicting the costume design category. So when in doubt, La Go La with La Land. Land. Yeah. So, okay. Now we are on to the acting categories. Ooh. Best Supporting Actress, Viola Davis, Naomi Harris, Nicole Kidman, Octavia Spencer, Michelle Williams from Fences, Moonlight, Lion, Hidden Figures, Manchester by the Sea, respectively. Mm-hmm. So, Ryan, who do you got? So, I got Viola Davis from Fences because as much as I wish I could go for Octavia Spencer, I've heard nothing but great things about Viola Davis and Fences. Yeah, Viola Davis would have won best actress or i think she probably would have won best actress if she was nominated for best actress however they pushed for her to be supporting actress don't know why she was in most of the movie um mm-hmm. but whatever yeah. i'll still give it to her she was great yeah i complained peak viola davis doing peak viola davis things great yep. performance i mean i also really like naomi harris uh performance in moonlight octavia spencer was at peak octavia spencer in hidden figures but peak viola davis is just a little bit better than peak octavia spencer nothing against octavia but viola davis is just too good in fences yeah uh, michelle williams has a very small part um and serves her role really well uh some of the other people that i've heard um were saying that if viola davis wasn't in the running for this category and if they actually did supporting actress uh-huh. they might have given it to her but yeah guess we'll never know Viola Davis for the win yep in my mind <laughs> um okay best supporting actor now we got Marshala Ali in Moonlight Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water Lucas Hedges in Manchester by the Sea Dev Patel in Lion and Michael Shannon in Nocturnal Animals so uh, I went with Dev Patel on this one, uh, mostly because I have not seen any of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same reason as before, I've heard nothing but good things about Dev Patel in Lion. I will agree. Dev Patel is great in Lion. However, uh-huh. and, and like, I really did love Lion. But Marshal Ali's performance in Moonlight... Mm-hmm so good he is just so good in his role I mean it's as much as I love Lion and as much as I love Dev Patel and Lion you know it just Michelle's performance is just so good it's my it was my favorite part of Moonlight it's 
I think his performance elevated Moonlight from a really good film to an Oscar-nominated film. Ah. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. Not that Barry Jenkins uh, didn't do a great job with with Moonlight and that they couldn't have done it without it. I just think it's great casting and a fantastic performance. Um, so, you know, it was, it was, uh, he was my favorite part of, of Moonlight. Him and Janelle Monet, who is also <laughs> yeah. in that, and in Hidden Figures. Yep. Um, but Marshall Ali's so good. I mean, it, it, it's tough to beat Jeff Bridges at, you know, playing Jeff Bridges yeah. and Jeff Bridges <laughs> things, but Marshall Ali did that. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah. I'm giving it to him. Okay. Best actress. Isabel Huppert. L. Ruth Nega. Loving. Emma Stone. La La Land. Natalie Portman. Jackie. Meryl Streep. And Florence Foster Jenkins. Ryan. Who you got? Emma Stone from La La Land. Hmm. I would say that you are probably going to be right. Yeah. Um, I... However, I'm reluctant to give it to Emma Stone because while Emma Stone is her acting in La La Land was great, mm-hmm. her singing in La La Land was fine, I guess. Yeah, it's it left some to be desired. It's so that is the reason why I don't know if I would give it to her. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't seen Jackie, but I've heard Natalie Portman's performance is really great. Yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep. Being great at everything, yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, I've also heard, you know, heard great things about Isabel Huppert and Ruth Nega. Um, I mean, Isabel Huppert won the Globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Meryl Streep also won the Globe, because comedy and drama. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to give it to Emma Stone, but she's probably going to win. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was interesting to me noting that she's the only one who's from a movie that's also nominated for Best Picture. I feel like normally there's more overlap. That's a good point. And for the other categories, there are. Yeah. Um, but this one, I think, you know, is less female-led performances in the Best Pictures, which Except not great. for Arrival. Except for Arrival, that is true. Arrival had a great female-led performance, however, not as great. Or, in Ryan's mm. mind, great, but yes, sadly forgotten. Yes. Um, but yeah, Rip. I guess Emma Stone, when in doubt, La La Land. Yeah, this is my thinking. I don't know, we'll see. Okay, best actor. Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea. Andrew Garfield in Hacksaw Ridge. Ryan Gosling in La La Land, Viggo Mortensen in Captain Fantastic, and Denzel in Fences. Ryan, who you got? I I was persuaded by you, and I think I went with Denzel Washington. Really? I did. Why why do that? You're probably going to be wrong. I think it's going to be Casey Affleck. I mean, that was my second, uh, because one of my professors is part of the Academy and was Mm -hmm. telling me in no uncertain terms that Casey Affleck was an incredible actor and did an incredible job and that we should all watch his movie and watch how he acts. Yeah, I mean, I, Casey Affleck did a great job in Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. It's so far his defining role in his career. I thought he did a great job. Denzel Washington, 
you know, I loved his performance in Fences. And there was, you know, I think in terms of moments of the four movies that I've seen in, of these five, uh-huh. he, he had the greatest moment. Mm-hmm. However, I think Casey Affleck's performance throughout the movie was probably a little bit stronger. Really? Which is why I'm giving him the slight edge. Yeah. Ever so slightly. Okay. Best Take director. that, Ryan Gosling in La La Land. Yeah, La La Land, you could lose one award. Take that. Anyway. Yeah. Best director. Guess who we're going to pick for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Denis Villeneuve, or Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. I, I don't know. It's, it's one hmm. of those. Sorry, Denis. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not it. But, um, but yeah, uh, for Arrival. Uh, Denise for Arrival, uh, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, Damien Chazelle, La La Land, Kenneth Lonergan, Manchester by the Sea, and Barry Jenkins, Moonlight. Ryan, who you got? La La Land. Okay. Damien Chazelle is probably going to win this out. Yeah, Damien Chazelle's going to win. Uh, I also think that Barry Jenkins might have a shot. He's a little bit of a dark horse, but I think if Moonlight gets mm-hmm. enough steam and people... You know, there's a chance yeah. there might be a narrative that people felt bad after last year's Oscar So White controversy. Yeah. That they, they might, you know, in exchange for giving the one of the other award that we're about to get to, the La La Land, <laughs> give, uh, giving it to him, best director. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think all, 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 all of these guys really gave great, great directing. For, mm-hmm. for the films I mean I'm still not necessarily okay with Mel Gibson <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure why everyone else is or and by everyone else I mean the Academy it, it still makes me uncomfortable yeah but no. I already talked about that at length before um, so yeah uh, I'm gonna guess just for the sake of argument I'm gonna go with Moonlight alright Best picture, we have La La Land. La La Land? La- Wait, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, we have Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, Lion, Moon- uh, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. And also uh, La La Land. Yeah. It's prob- Which, probably yeah. like 99% going to win. P- people in the Academy love films about the entertainment industry yes. and about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. La La Land, funny enough, is about the entertainment industry in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, it's it has a lot of things that voters really like. I think there is a chance that some of the backlash might have slowed down La La Land. You know, there was a recent article um, by uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the Hollywood Reporter's new, uh, you know, w- one of the new uh, editors about um, culture and Stuff like that. Yeah. Also, one of the greatest basketball players of all time that I hate because he was on the Lakers, but, you know, <laughs> forgive and forget. Uh, but also, he's a, he's a really outspoken uh, voice about race in this country. Uh-huh. Um, he said La La Land, you know, while an entertaining movie had issues because it was about a white guy saving jazz from, you know getting too modernized and the one black mm-hmm. character was selling out yeah and modernizing it so it's 
I can see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think too little, too late. I think the votes, votes were already cast and locked, you know, before that article and before a bunch of the other ones started coming out. Yeah, you know, it's gonna be La La Land. I mean, not that you know, La, and and I mentioned that not to like put a damper on La La Land. I'm just saying, if there is any chance that anything could come in and mess with La La Land's chance for success, it's could be that minor backlash yeah we'll see if if it made a big enough of a splash when the voting process occurred then mm-hmm. i could see why that would happen um then it would probably go to moonlight yeah so um, moonlight's probably the next favorite yeah i mean my favorite of these was lion uh, i mentioned that on on our last podcast about the oscars yeah i love lion just you know it really moved me I really love the character. I really love De- Patel's performance. I, you know, I don't know. Felt yeah. bad for the kid, and it's just, it got to me. And those, I point, enjoyed yeah. watching it. I, I loved the end of the movie when he got back together. Spoilers when he got back together with his mom. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's what I have to say about that. Wildland, best picture. Yep, I think so. so. Wildland's gonna win a lot. Uh, on Sunday. Yeah. But probably not everything. We'll see. If it wins everything, I'd be surprised. It was... La La Land was a good movie. I wouldn't necessarily... It was a great movie. Yeah. It's... it's... It was a really good movie. I mm-hmm. wouldn't, you know... I wouldn't necessarily say any of these movies are really great, but, yeah. you know... I don't think it was one of those movies that just, like, runs the table and gets everything. And... Yeah. But it definitely... It deserved nominations, I think, for... You know, most if not all. Yeah, it deserved nominations for the down ballot awards. It deserved, you know, nominations for the up ballot awards. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought, you know, while Ryan Gosling was not going to win for best actor, I thought he was pretty close to the perfect choice for that character. So, yeah. I mean, it's deserving. So, agreed. All right. Any final thoughts going into the Oscars? How do you think Jimmy Kimmel's going to do? I think he's going to rock it. I mean, you know, he's he's a funny guy. He knows how to work the TV. Mm-hmm. He knows how to work other celebrities, too, which yeah. I think is key. Uh, he'll have fun. Yeah, he did the uh, Emmys yeah. uh, about a year ago, a year and a half ago. I forget. Uh, but he did the Emmys uh, relatively recently. He did a great job. I think... You know, this is just one of the events that I think he's the type of performer that would do a good job. He does the type of comedy that, you know, works really well in kind of commenting on the, on what the political climate is that especially surrounds the entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, and not not that like he goes in on it, you know, deep, but I think he does. He will do it in the right way that will affect what what the dialogue is but not necessarily make it yeah wholly political like a colbert might yeah um not to say that colbert is bad because he recently has has been having the best uh you know ratings for late night so good for him yeah um but (laughs) you know jimmy Kimmel, i think has a right attitude Mm -hmm. uh for this so yeah I agree. So there we have it. That's our Oscar predictions. Stay tuned next week. We'll have our Oscar results. 
yes, where we talk about how well uh, we didn't do. Probably. No, no, we were perfect. Don't worry. Well, we are perfect in every way because we're special little snowflakes. But, <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Last year I did it. Um, having seen most of the films, uh, I was happy with getting slightly over half correct. Really? And I mean, I think for some of these, where we're guessing with more our gut and more just what we preferred mm-hmm. over really knowing what or th- and thinking and analyzing what people are saying uh that's where we are kind of wrong but also yeah having our opinions isn't necessarily a bad thing that's so. the whole point yeah all right so cool stay tuned next week we're gonna go over some go, go over the oscars talk about it talk about how well uh, camel did talk about who won uh, who the best dressed were? I'm kidding. We're not doing that. No, that's a bad idea. We're gonna leave that to uh, the fashion police. Um, it's all it's all you, Kelly Osborne. Um, <laughs> why do I know that? That's, why do you know that? That's that's because I'm well rounded. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So stay tuned next week. Um, I also wanted to give a quick plug of my podcast as I as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, most recent episode uh, came out last uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, with Matthew Porterfield, who is one of uh, my professors at Hopkins. Um, he's a uh, writer, director, uh, sometime producer. Um, he's a really smart guy and knows a lot about making indie films in the festival circuit. So, yeah, if you're interested in that, uh, check it out. And if you're not interested in that, still check it out. Really <laughs> appreciate it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, finally, if you like this podcast, make sure to give us a good rating and subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. And don't forget to like our Facebook page to stay updated. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.